What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 91 of the Talking Chop Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Rowland, and uh, yes, you heard my voice 24 hours ago or so. Uh, this is an emergency podcast. It's uh, hilarious how outdated the last one was 24 hours ago, so shouts to Garoff. Let's call it 26. This is pretty late at night. It is very late. Uh, that's the voice of Eric Cole, uh, obviously frequent guest of the podcast. Uh, we made fun of you yesterday on the show, Eric. And uh, listen, this is probably your revenge because uh, you were the only person willing to stay up with me this uh, very, very late. Without getting into the details, uh, I was not going to be available to do a podcast until, uh, you know, let's see. When, when this is over, it will be Tuesday, Eastern time. That's for sure. So thank you in advance, my friend. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's been it's been a day. Uh, I mean, there's a lot been a lot of Peter Moylan news to cover today. So you know, <laughs> you know, anything else happened today? I mean, is anything this else is going the, on? Uh, this is the Peter Moylan cast. So thanks. This is the emergency Peter Moylan cast. Everybody, uh, fifty-five no. minutes of Peter Moylan, guys. Brace yourselves. Oh Here my. Uh, yes. So uh, by the way, I would definitely encourage people to go listen to that podcast with with Garav. We did a couple of things that are still irrelevant. Um, and Garab did share his thoughts on Alex Anthopoulos, which is the headline, of say, course. Let's say, let's say, Garav, Garav's favorite did get the did get the nod today. So, uh, listen, I, I uh, we talked about this on on the show. People, I'm sure, have listened to that. Some of them have at least at this point, and uh, we both uh, basically talked about that was our ideal scenario with people that were uh, available. So, I'm happy. That's the short thing uh, for those of you that somehow miss this. I don't think that probably exists anywhere, but. Um, the Braves hired Alex Anthopoulos on uh, Monday afternoon. Was it morning? Sunday night? Sunday night. Uh, yeah, let's say it was Sunday night. Officially, it started, they started, started, it started breaking around 11-ish. That was the uh, the comedy of it all was that we recorded uh, Sunday night about 9, 9, 9.30. Uh, I went to bed about 10.45 and it hit about 10.55. Uh, so it was perfectly timed. While God while bless we, Scott. God bless Scott Coleman living in a different time zone. Yes, yeah, uh, uh, out there in Arizona, they're only two hours behind right now, but uh, he was still awake, and nobody else was. So uh, yeah, Scott. Scott held it down. And uh, long story short, uh, I went very very quickly. There was, uh, of course, the report that we actually cover on the podcast from Joel Sherman about how Anthopoulos was the front runner. Um, from there, uh, Mark Bowman on MLB.com reported that the, the Braves had made the decision to move on from Dayton Moore and that Anthopoulos was the favorite. And about, I guess, 30 minutes later, um, Sherman broke the, the news that Anthopoulos was the guy. And uh, from now on, and from that point forward, it was a lot of uh, news rolling through. So I guess the headliner, of course, is he's hired. He's the executive vice president and general manager, and there will not be a president of baseball operations. This is going to be Anthopoulos's show, uh, for better or worse. So I know how I feel about this. I think I've said it at least a couple of times on the podcast. How do you feel about this, my friend? Uh, I'm I'm actually really happy about it. The you know his the presser that they did today to introduce him basically as he was like getting on one getting off one plane before getting on another plane uh, to go down to Orlando for the GM meetings. You know he seemed genuinely excited, uh, and there was a lot of things to like about it. Uh, I'm I'm honestly happy that there's going to be kind of one voice and one person who's both you can be held accountable for and who's going to be in charge of baseball decisions uh, i know he talked a lot about like collaborative decision making and you know wanting to get as much information as possible but there was always kind of this weirdness uh, in a lot of ways as to you know was it john hart was it john was it copy who was kind of making decisions or making independent you know who what agendas they had and that ultimately caused problems for the braves because it seemed like they're like the sides would start getting taken and that's kind of the start of what all this mess has been so it's really nice to kind of have one real voice plus it kind of gets rid of this whole narrative that like john hart's really going to be the one in charge and that you know no matter if there's a just a gm and john hart isn't replaced that 
there's going to be, you know, like it's going to be the same thing and that, you know, John Hart skated on all this investigation stuff and all that jazz. That All that's kind of just gone now. Uh, it seems like Liberty – and I know that the narrative is going to be that John, the plan was all along, that John Hart was going to step back or whatever. Uh, but I just don't think that that's necessarily the case, especially in the wake of Copy's resignation. It seems it seems disingenuous to think that his plan all along was to you know just become you know chairman emeritus or whatever. Uh, you know, I think that given the context of the situation, it's a good time to take a step back and get a fresh voice and a fresh face. And you know, Anthopolis has ultimately a really a, a pretty strong track record both as an executive uh, and specifically as a GM from Toronto and then his time over in with the Dodgers uh, you know it, it really invests a lot in scouting but also invests in you know data and analytics and things like that and he just seems like a guy who's uh, wants any and all information to get his hands on and is willing to be aggressive uh, but maybe not so but not in a completely reckless way or in you know in one direction or the other it's basically you know it's all about getting value uh, and I'm all about that so I was really he was among the candidates we knew about uh, he was easily my favorite uh, I was never the biggest proponent of Dayton Moore or Jim Hendry or God forbid Dayton Dan Jennings or John Scherholz <laughs> jr or all those all those other names that are kind of popping up um, you know he was among those options you know he was he was my favorite. Uh, I was a little bit intrigued by Ben Charrington, but uh, even that, I was less than excited about. So overall, I'm really happy with the the choice. And you know, he's a guy that is a known commodity and is highly sought after, and that he both wanted the Braves job despite all the, you know, the baggage that comes with that right at this particular moment in time. Um, tells you a lot about you know the state of the team in the grand scheme of things, and the fact that you know, a guy who's a guy that talented and with that kind of pedigree who's that fired up, you know, things can, you know, definitely could get interesting sooner rather than later. Yeah. It's a pretty great job. I think people forget how good of a job it is. If you remove the invest, I mean, obviously the investigation can't be removed and there's a little bit of news on that actually uh, on, uh, on Monday. But if you took that out of the mix, if you just look at like sort of the, obviously the mystique of the franchise, it's a, it's a very visible franchise. It's sort of the uh, the the flagship of the entire Southeast United States. It's got this great farm system right now. Like it's a pretty darn good job if you just think about it, especially with full control. As uh, yep. as we kind of mentioned there, you know, John Hart's now a senior advisor that has basically nothing to do with day to day baseball operations, and um, and Thomas has a four year contract um, that he's going to be re- reporting directly to Terry McGurk, uh, the CEO. So this is full control. Like this, that's about as good as you can of a job as you can get. You know, aside from maybe being like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers GM. Like I know the Braves aren't going to be spending quite on that level. At least they aren't right now. Um, but if you if you look at the fran- you know sort of the franchise framework and of course the farm system as it is right now, it's a pretty great job. And uh, Anthopolis, uh, sort of the same way you are uh, that you were saying there it was my was my favorite guy. You know there was uh, there's been a lot of reporting out there um, from Mark Bowman especially and guys that we trust that uh, the Braves really wanted Dayton more and uh, he was there he was the number one choice. Um, that does not please me a whole lot but it, you know it actually worked out kind of well in my opinion here and uh sounds like you agree with that as well that you know Dayton Moore not being available kind of bailed the Braves out to some extent I I didn't hate that idea as much as some people did but at the same time I was not terribly excited about Dayton Moore and uh yeah this is this is the best case scenario I think of everybody, everybody that we heard that's sort of the prevailing theme I think for most of our staff even and it sounds like both you and I is that you know Anthopolis like whether, I mean, it just doesn't really matter how they got there. They hired the guy that we kind of all would have hired if we if we were given the choice. 
Yeah, and I will say spoilers. Uh, I talked to Ivan earlier tonight. Uh, he is very was very much not a Dayton Moore fan. Yes, that is true. Uh, and, and, and I try and I, and I tried to and I, I tried desperately to bait him into writing an article with like three thousand words as to why Dayton Moore sh- we should be glad he's not the general manager. Uh, and instead, being being Ivan, he was much smarter and nicer about it than I than in in Ivan's place I would have been. Uh, and he wrote this great article about why the Braves why the Braves made the right decision compared to the other candidates, and it's a really good comparative piece. It'll be out sometime tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I would recommend uh, wholeheartedly that everybody check out the site because we have a, obviously a ton of content all day Monday. There's more coming on Tuesday and some some breakdowns. You know, one of the big things that I would encourage people to read is uh, was from Matt Powers. Um, breaking down uh, basically he all of saint. yeah all of Anthopolis's moves essentially um, from his time, especially in Toronto, um, just kind of just to get an idea of what you uh, of what people should think or what kind of let them make their own decisions about what they think about Anthopolis. It's not perfect. I mean, everybody's kind of uh, I'm, I'm, we're all willing to talk about the, the missteps as well, but uh, it's a pretty good resume in my opinion of things that he's done. Uh, anything jump out to you that's like particularly encouraging and or terrifying from Anthopolis from that uh, group? Uh, early on in his career, he was able to shed very large dead money contracts, uh, in particular Vernon the, Vernon, the Vernon Wells contract, uh, and that is particularly relevant when we have uh, Matt Kemp and Nick Markakis sitting on our sitting on our roster, and we really want a spot for Ronald Acuna. Uh, but you know, it's worth noting that I mean, and obviously, you know, the, the missteps being you know like trading away Noah Syndergaard, that's obviously not the best look. But at the same time, all all trades like that. Look better or worse in hindsight. You're, you're all you're taking bet when there's prospects involved. There's you know you're you're taking ga- calculated gambles, but you know sometimes it doesn't work out. Um, and in the case of No. Senegar, we actually I mean he has obviously looked good in limited stints, but he's also kind of been a a, a sort of a health nightmare of late. Uh, so you know we'll kind of we'll see, I guess. But overall, I'm very happy uh, with the the track record, I guess, and just his willingness to be creative to make the make rosters work um and this roster is going to require a little bit of creativity because it's it's almost like it's not a it's not like an awful roster where you'd be like well we just have to replace the entire starting rotation or you know well the you know the entire starting infield is you know below replacement level those are like okay well we have to you know start from scratch you have to kind of be a little creative because like well there's some guys we like and some guys we don't and the guys that we don't like may not necessarily be assets but they're not necessarily awful either so you have to kind of it's a little almost a little harder to make improvements because you have to pick the right guys at the right costs um but you know at the same time it was nice to hear that when alex was talking about you know his conversations with mcgurk and he was talking about you know payroll and all that other stuff mcgurk was was clear that whenever you need the support and we're we're making a play to make be competitive. You will have it, uh, and that seems definitive and on the record and clear that this team will spend money and 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 expand its payroll when the opportunity presents itself and it's right. Uh, now, what does that actually mean? I right. don't know. The ceiling, the ceiling on that is the big question, is because I think people. I mean, we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show, actually. Uh, kind of the payroll aspect, and you know, the Braves spent real money on this year's team but like i think base people just underestimate how much baseball salaries have jumped um from a team perspective whereas right. you know the Braves spent nine figures and we're not even in the top half of the league um this is not the situation where you can go out and spend 90 million and be competitive in that way anymore and i think you know, it is encouraging that what you're saying there is definitely encouraging from the from the front office perspective that you know they're going to empower him but to what level remains to be seen and for now they don't really have to spend like that because they they have all this young talent coming and the young talent uh, that they have on the roster even now i mean 
Uh, even Freddie Freeman is underpaid, <laughs> like um, for yeah, what he's I mean, for what he's actually been. Like they have yeah. all these great assets, so they don't really have to go out and spend two hundred million dollars. But yeah, um, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt that the the free agent market this year isn't particularly exciting. No, it is not. Uh, uh, I mean, you can either spend a lot of money on an Alex Cobb or you know an older Jake Arrieta, uh, guys like that. Uh, but I, one thing I I kind of wanted to mention is that. I'm pretty excited about have a GM that's willing to both make splashes with an ownership that at least has expressed a willingness to make money going into this after the 2018 season free agent market. Because have you looked at this market? Like looked at it closely as yeah, much? There's there's some guys. So the fo- the following options are available after the 2018 season. So let's assume that you know, and they, they mentioned this in the presser that this. Free agent signings are probably not going to be our our big thing this offseason. We might do some trades. Uh, they're going to make make sure they make improvements to the roster, but the focus is going to be on the young guys. But the free agent market, not this one, but the following one, has the following players: Manny Machado, Josh Donaldson. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, you can't you can't block Austin Riley though, Eric. You can't you can't sign a third baseman. I will happily can't do find it. Austin find Austin Riley a spot in left field. <laughs> I'm just, I'm if, just they, if that ends up with Manny Machado, no, 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 we we will find a place for <laughs> for the for for us and Riley. If I can find a way to get Manny Machado on this team, uh, Jason Hayward can opt out, which would be a PR he's, disaster. He's not going. He's not going to opt out, but he can't. no, he was he no, he can't hit anymore, so he's not going to do it. Yes. But, um, um, Bryce Harper, AJ Pollock. Uh, Clayton Kershaw can opt out of his deal, which is going to be an interesting decision for him because he's already making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Price can also opt out. I'm not sure if he will. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, Jose Quintana. Uh, you know, for if you were looking for relievers, t- Trevor Rosenthal. You, you could even bring back Kent Kimbrell, uh, which is something that you know has at least been hinted at that the Braves would be interested in bringing him back at some point. So I mean, like the, the, that market is crazy good, uh, especially when you consider opt outs and things like that. And maybe not all those guys will be available. But at the same time, you know, when you have a GM that's willing to be aggressive, and I would have said the same thing about copy too, is like when you have a GM that's willing to make, you know, make splashes and make and make some moves. When you have a market potentially with that many really good players in it, uh, it makes it exciting because we both have this big wave of talent coming through, but we also have like a lot of options available to us if we decide we need to make a change for with more like major league talent. So. Yeah, it's, it's it's just very encouraging. The whole thing is just, it's actually a lot of fun. Like for the most part, the last couple of weeks, it's been a lot of uh, it's brutal. Yeah, it's been kind of doom and gloom and not really enjoying uh, the process. Um, at least from our side of things. But uh, yeah, just some, a little bit of hope and just to see the guy in charge and listen. Um, we can actually talk about baseball now. I mean, there's still the looming investigation, yeah. and uh, it's worth noting uh, as well as uh, just sort of in the in the middle of this. That Terry McGurk did say in the middle of the press conference that. They, uh, the Braves have been told that the MLB investigation has concluded on them, but it's going to be, uh, and, and he's estimating about two weeks before they actually hear the uh, formal announcement. So we still have two more weeks potentially of the, that holding pattern, but uh, at least yeah. knowing. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I've still heard that beginning of December to even the week of Thanksgiving timeline, it just kind of depends on what MLB wants to do. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there's going to be some conversations that are going to happen in the GM meetings and things like that. It's, you know, it's still a tough thing, but I feel a little better uh, just kind of knowing that, like, it, it felt like not having a GM and felt like more of a punishment and delaying this as long as it could felt like a, like the punishment had already started in a, in a lot of ways. I know, I, 
I, I wrote about this earlier today that it, I, I understand exactly why there is it's taking as long as it's going to take because you don't want Major League Baseball to screw up the investigation and then it turns into this legal battle as to you know were, were these facts presented were they examined uh, what about other teams and you know then a long protracted appeals process and the what what precedent is being sent is being set et cetera et cetera because we're kind of all in uncharted waters here. Uh, especially with kind of how MLB penalties work, there's a cap on how much you can find them monetarily. Uh, does that mean you know? But if it's a pretty severe case, I mean, does that mean you like take all their draft picks? Does it mean you don't let them sign international free agencies, age free agents for five years or whatever? Uh, we don't really know, and it's something that I am happy to, to give MLB the time to kind of come to the right balance so that way this isn't something that just like drags on forever. But at the same time, it still kind of feels like it's dragging on forever because it's not. It didn't happen right away. Um, and it's a tough thing, but I'm glad, I'm glad to at least hear from the Braves saying that like they acknowledge that an investigation is happening and they feel, they feel poorly, they feel badly about it and that there is a, a direction in which the, or, the organization is going. Um, Anthopoulos kind of, you know, he, he, Anthopoulos kind of brushed it off. He was like, you know, there's constraints in every organization, you know, that it, whatever happens, happens, you know, what, what matters is, you know, with what resources and choices you can make as long as you make the correct ones, which I think is the right way to, the right, he, the right way to look at it. And he knows, I mean, it's not, I mean, he doesn't know the extent, but like, it's not like he's jumping into this thing without knowing there's, there's an investigation looming. I'm sure he's prepared for some outcomes. Uh, what that, what, what those outcomes are, you know, it kind of remains to be seen, but I, I do think that. Um, you know, provided it's not this like massive, you know, removal of current prospects. I don't think people are going to freak out too much as long as like Kevin Maiton's still still on the team. <laughs> I st- I still don't think that's going to happen. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree I, with I, you 100. I'm just saying, like, I think the only way that like the that the investigation sort of overshadows the new regime now is if it's like more severe than any of us ever thought. Um, which I don't think is going to happen. I think uh, just having the face of having the face of the front office in place now, it doesn't change the reality of what sanctions could be, but it does provide some sort of window into the future and what it's what it's supposed to look like and what it can look like, and allows us to talk about baseball, uh, just kind of move on a little bit. Obviously, you know the organization has to deal with the fallout, and there's going to be some level of fallout because you don't have this investigation to have no punishment, but. Um, hopefully it will be minor enough where it won't, you know, sting Anthopolis for a while now. And just having having the guy in place is just it just helps. I mean, just I mean, for for goodness sake, the uh, the press conference was let off today by basically by an apology from Terry McGurk. Yep. Uh, yeah, so a lengthy one. <laughs> yeah, so it's I mean that included the, the quote of the the past few months have been the toughest in our storied history. End quote. Which I think that's pretty strong i'm not sure i agree with that necessarily but like just to think the thought of that actually being a thing that was said from the podium today kind of says a lot about how at uh, least he's uh, about how seriously they're treating this at least how seriously and how somber it's probably been inside those walls the last couple of months so, well uh, the, i can i can tell you for certain that it's been really tough inside the organization i mean they're they're i've talked to People in the organization say they kind of feel like they've been in prison for the last like forty days or so. Like I they mean, just can't, can't do. do they, 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 they can't do anything. You can't right. talk to anybody. You know, all, all you can do is talk to investigators, and I'm sure that in, in you know, and talking to Liberty Media folks, and you know, it's none of them want to. I mean, there are plenty of people in that organization that did absolutely nothing wrong, and it still hamstrung their ability to do their jobs for a month plus. Which, it's brutal. I mean, I can't. I can only. That's I tough. Mean, it's it's always dicey to make like non sports analogies, but like just think try to think about what that would be like for your job if you suddenly were constrained in this way and you couldn't you know 
express anything publicly. And there's been some outrage from some, I mean, not people that like are close to the side or anything like that, but people, Braves fans are like, why aren't they telling us anything? It's like, well, because they're not full, allowed to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's full-fledged meltdown mode. Yeah. Like they, social media, is, social media. there's been days where like one person kind of pops off and then everyone goes into full meltdown mode. All you need to look is at Bill Shanks' Twitter, and if you just mention anything about the investigation, like it just all of a sudden turns into a giant dumpster fire because he gets so defensive, and like it's not just it's not just fans, it's journalists, it's everybody, it's everyone's just like super touching. They just kind of want to be able to push past it, but there are so many strong feelings about who should be in charge, you know, what direction the team should take, who's at fault, uh, and it's it's tough because you know people ask us, you know, like you know what's happening. You know what do you think should happen? And I mean, none of those questions are 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 they're either not possible to answer because we don't have the information and it could go in a hundred different directions, or two, it's hard to answer those questions in a vacuum because up until today, we didn't even have an answer to the question of who was in charge. And yeah, and now we do, and it's not John Hart, which is interesting. Uh, I do want to at least hit on that a little bit, just because I think it was fairly telling. Um, at least from a PR perspective, that the entire you know press conference was done with two people at the podium. Yep. And it was and it was Terry McGurk and it was Alex Anthopoulos. There was no John Sherholtz, there was no John Hart, there's no Bobby Cox. Like none of those. The old guard is, is still in place. Those guys are still all special advisors. The three of them that would spend the uh, the, uh, the sort of the the the, the, uh, the the line of demarcation is like it's it's Bobby's a special advisor and John Hart's a special advisor and uh, but yes, it was yeah. it was two guys. It was McGurk yeah, yeah, and it yeah. was Anthopoulos. Yeah, and see, we like I know Bobby was at the the press conference. I know he was kind of in that front row yeah. or whatever. But I don't know if sure. I mean, I let me rephrase. I didn't see them. I didn't see either of the Johns there. I know Bobby was there. So it's a little bit. It's a and little Bobby's bit interesting. In a different place. I mean, Bobby has never been in that official capacity. It's like we know Bobby has influence. Uh, that was fairly clear with Freddie Gonzalez and even Brian Sicker and stuff like that. Like. Bobby's around, but it, it, it wasn't. It was never a situation where people really think, at least even guess, think from the outside that Bobby is like making. It would have been particularly weird if he had been up there. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm just saying. Yeah, Bobby is the one that it's like he's in a separate category because he's he'll always have some pull. But like, it, like no one was under the, under the impression that Bobby was actually making decisions. Whereas like there are people right. that really think Sherholtz, especially is more active than he probably is. And that's sort of the, that's the stuff that you never necessarily know. I mean, we all have sort of sources and things that we've heard, but like there's been, always been some mystery since Sherholtz moved up in the organization whether, as to how much influence he had, especially lately. And obviously and Hart it, had and influence. It, so yeah. And on the big, and, and on the big picture stuff specifically, it's not yeah. like, you know, like, like he, I'm sure he gets, I'm sure he gets, he, he gets his brain picked like, Hey, what do you think about this guy as a hire? Just because he offers that opinion doesn't mean that he's, you know, like running the team again. Sure. But you know, there's a lot of people who think that, you know, like in terms of payroll or in terms of like the direction of the team and like, you know, overall strategy that he's, you know, the grand mastermind. And that, that's a little bit sketchier to me. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I just think it's uh, it's worth noting though. Just I think it was he's the one that was interesting to me that he wasn't up there, uh, only because I mean Hart. It's kind of funny because it's like Hart's being demoted, so like him being on the pla- him, him being up there would have been a little weird, uh, obviously because he's taking a step yeah. back. Um, but Sherholtz, nothing's changing with Sherholtz, at least in title, and like you know he's been around a lot. 
So uh, I'm not saying it was anything weird or like crazy. That he if, wasn't if, Hart up there, had, but... if, if Hart had been up there and he would have said, you know, the plan all along was for me to take a step back. Which is uh, disingenuous. And, <laughs> we're right. Like it would have at least helped that narrative some that he wasn't up sure. there kind of shows that, you know, you know, yes, McGurk and McGurk said, you know, the plan was that we had been starting talking about it this, since the summer that he would be, you know, transitioning out of the, the president role uh, that he wasn't up there. Uh, shows that I don't think that they were particularly interested in the media asking him questions about well, his role. Oh, I'm sure not. I mean, that's and that makes sense to be honest with you. Even if that was all true, and uh, you know, you you can take some of it at face value if you want to. But even if that was all accurate, you do not want him being asked questions at that press conference. And he would have been asked questions. I mean, especially when he's currently under investigation. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm, and that's that's the reason he can't. He basically can't be up there. Um, even if they wanted to, I mean, if I'm in, if I'm a media member in that room and he's on the he's like he's up there, you better believe I'm asking him questions, or at least something, uh, until it gets shut down. So, yeah, I I, I get all that, and uh, you know, count me as a skeptic as to you know the whole we were thinking about that since the summer thing because I just something I don't believe it. I just don't. I'm not going to just flatly believe it if that makes sense. I'm not saying it's impossible, but the timing is a little bit convenient there. Let's just say. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, considering how integral it seems to be that Hart was in charge of, in terms of getting copy thrown out of the t- organization, it seems a little weird that all of a sudden that he would be fine with just letting the organization go. You know, like okay, I'm done here. No, it's done, yeah, I mean, it's, it's too it's too weird. The specifics, I don't want to say they don't matter now because they they kind of don't. It's just it does. It's all it's all worth noting. It's just I'm kind of glad there's that clean break. Something I've said numerous times in the podcast the last like month or so is that. My, you know, my number one hope was that Hart wouldn't still be the president. Uh, to be honest with you, like I, I would have preferred Dayton Moore with full control to John Hart still as the president of baseball operations, and I, I didn't love either of the, either 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 of those options. But I would have preferred the Dayton Moore administration over that. So uh, you know, Anthopoulos is the best of both worlds because he was the guy wanted most in the GM chair, and to have him be in charge as well. Uh, and not reporting to Hart is great on a number of levels. So just and, come, and come full circle there. Like, I mean, I, I did, I just, I just did not want the John Hart era to continue um, just with the, with sort of the cloud that's been hanging over it the last few months. Yeah. It, it, it kind of comes with a lot of baggage now and it was refreshing to hear, you know, Alex's answers to questions. You know, he was as forthcoming as he could be. Obviously he's like, you know, I have, yes, I have some th- ways I like to do things and, I have some ideas as to what we could do to make things better, but I don't I mean I want to get gather information first. I want to talk to people in the organization first before I make any decisions. Uh, but so he seems like he's going to be like you know in terms of for us you know media wise it's you know it's going to be refreshing to get you know you know not cliched answers. Uh, and I really hope he kind of continues. The one thing I really did enjoy about Copy was that you know those Twitter Q and As were like were like. <laughs> were legendary for both how long he would be willing to go do with them and you know how how transparent he was and I, I would hope that they continue something along those lines uh, but also I didn't hear the phrase the Braves way one time oh thank and, God and 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 I am really happy about that because I mean <laughs> like the Braves way comes down to doing things the right way and winning baseball games and that is not a you know like I I just I don't know it became cliche and I I was it it, it felt like a fresh start today it felt like there was a new voice and kind of it, it felt new it didn't feel like it was a continuation of what had always been done which has only had marginal success lately and you know kind of hinged on you know 
tugging on people's nostalgia strings to remind people the, who, you know who the Braves are. When in reality, as long as you like run a team well and, and you win baseball games, then you'll generally win people over. Yeah, for sure. And uh, by the way, along those lines, Patrick Mollett asked uh, asked us to. Uh, Sort of speculate and guess as to what the trending name will be for Anthopolis's Twitter Q and A's instead of you know hashtag Ask Copy. It's going to be Ask AA or Ask Alex or something like that. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to do those. Let's just say that. Uh, I, I don't I, know. I hope he will. I, yeah, I hope he does too. I'm, I'm I'm in favor of Ask AA. Although I'm I don't know. It has some kind of weird Alcoholics Anonymous connotations yes. that I you know I mean. Uh, but you know I like the nickname AA anyway. So uh, so. I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd be fine with it, you know, or, or you know, ask the GM or something like that. You know, we hey, whatever to, works. Uh, we have to figure out how to spell Anthopolis too, because uh, I know for me, I had to ch- I had to double check a couple times today, and I was putting things together. Um, and uh, you know, we'll, I had plenty. We'll, of, we'll, I had plenty of practice today. I think. I yes, got it down. you're ready. I think uh, I had to get ready. It was the same thing with copy, by the way. Every time I wrote Capalella for a while, I kind of got freaked out, and then every once in a while, and uh, at some point, I just remembered how to spell it. Um, it's no, it's it's, de- it's definitely a pro in the Dayton Moore column. I can spell both Dayton those. Dayton no Moore problem. is easier, yes. So uh, sorry, Dayton. Um, I'm not sure how real. I mean, obviously that was real on the Brave side. Uh, just as sort of the last thing about that, it was definitely real considering all the reporting we got even today after the hire. It was basically like they really wanted Dayton Moore, and the Royals wouldn't do it, which is okay. I well, but well, Bowman asked Dayton Moore about it at the GM meetings this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. I love Bowman so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, but you know, Dayton Moore was well, Mr. Glass. You know, if he wanted me in Kansas City, he was going to not deny permission. And if he didn't want me there, he was going to let him have. Him. He was going to let them interview me. So I'm glad to be wanted in Kansas City. And I'm like, <sighs> I don't know. That's that whole situation. Refusing. He's under refusing. Contract. Yeah. I mean, yes, you're right. He he absolutely is. But you know, I. What exactly is his plan when Dayton Moore is not under contract anymore? Is he going to sell him on all those amazing assets that Kansas City has? <laughs> yeah, next it's, year? I don't uh, know. It's, but listen, uh, all he has to say is, "Hey, Dayton, you did that. You, it, it was you that did this." So, uh, but no, if you if you win a world if you win a World Series as a GM, man, it can it can really sell you for a while. Even if you didn't love anything Dayton Moore did after that, or even during it, that was my whole concern. Honestly, was that uh, yeah, you won a World Series. It's awesome. I mean, you know, we'd, we'd all give quite a bit for a World Series. Um, but uh, he gave quite a bit for the World Series in Kansas City. He certainly did. He certainly did. All right. Well, uh, we've probably done enough on this. I just, you know, I, I think we're both very happy. It's uh, sort of in, uh, in conclusion here. We're both pretty pleased with how this went. Obviously, you know, Anthopolis is going to have to prove it on this level. You know, he did a good job in Toronto. We'll see how he does here. It's a different situation. And uh, I, I would I would stress and encourage people to be patient with him because I think if, if the Braves don't want 90 games this year, people are going to be upset with him, uh, which is hilarious on a number uh, of levels. But uh, <laughs> even, people, if, even, if, even if the Braves do win 90 games, don't, don't, don't underestimate Braves fans' ability to be upset, uh, especially if trading prospects is involved. Because I guarantee you the first oh, time yeah. Alex Anthopoulos – Trades a prospect that's like, let's say, in the top ten somewhere for the Braves. It's happening. Uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's 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 gonna be rough. I will say though, like other than, so we we knew that Jim Hendry and we knew that uh, Dayton Moore were kind of like the front runners. Those were the guys that, other than Anthopoulos, were like the guys the Braves were looking at. Some of their other choices that were listed uh, from Krasnick's report, Dan O'Dowd. Are, yeah. yeah, Dan O'Dowd and Josh Burns are awful. Like that, that like that was a, that was almost concerning. Well, Tony me, Tony well, Regans. Let me say this about <laughs> let me say this about stuff that comes out like that after the fact. In my experience, and I'm not saying this about um, Krasnick's report specifically. 
Um, there are times in this industry when guys are mentioned uh, in order to help help reporters keep up their sources. Um, I mean, they, that's possible. I, I'm not saying that's definitely happening with Krasnick there, but like I know in the NBA world that I operate in, that does happen on a regular basis. You'll see you'll see and hear guys that just get mentioned once or twice with a job that have no chance of getting it, just so their name is out there to you know help a source or you know, sort of plug a guy a little bit. I'm not again. I'm not saying that's definitely the case. So I'm not. I had, I had the same thought as you. Like when I saw some of the names, it's like, ooh, that's that wouldn't have been great. But um, to I mean, not hear any of those names the whole time until yeah. today and have them suddenly pop after the fact is kind of weird. A little. I don't well, know. yeah. I mean, I mean, look, Chris O'Dowd was a catcher in the Braves organization for a season. You know, during which he was suspended for eighty games for PEDs. But you know, so like, it's not like there's no connection for Dan O'Dowd to the to the Braves. But I. I think that might be the first time that I mean maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think Dan O'Dowd's been connected to a GM job and you know since he left Colorado. Well, and that's uh, why that's kind of why I'm saying it. It just doesn't yeah. make a ton of sense because like that's not a hot name in any way. Like he's not anybody's. List. I mean, Josh Burns just makes a little more sense. I mean, he's 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 with the Dodgers. It's uh, yeah, like he's a little bit more younger and up and coming kind of mold, whereas O'Dowd doesn't make any sense at all. But I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, yeah. I mean, Bur- Burns was a GM for what five years, six years in Arizona, something like that. Yeah. But he's not. He's not. He's not even fifty years old yet. So like that sort of fits the mold a little bit more of what you. I mean, Anthopoulos was a number one guy and then took the step back in Los Angeles when he was. You know, he was the guy. But you know, Andrew Friedman was that. You know, is that setup where he's the president? I am just happy we didn't take a Marlins cast off. Dan or, Jennings, your boy. Uh, Oh my God, Dan 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 Jennings, the Larry Bynefast. I'm I'm good. Garav liked Larry Bynefast. We talked about that yesterday. I think Garav was just trying desperately to imagine a world, <laughs> imagine a world where Dan Jennings or some of the other worst candidates didn't didn't get the job and, and hoping they, and that they didn't listen. Uh, that's the over. That's I mean, they didn't. well, and here and the thing is, is like at that point in time, it was un, You know, even when you guys were talking, it was unclear as to whether or not. I mean, as you and I talked about it, it's like the guys that they, the, like, you know, the Jim Hendrys and the Alex Anthopoulos, those were guys that were going to for sure want control over baseball operations. And up until today, we didn't even think that, that was going to be an option until the result of the investigation came out. Yeah, I mean, you know we, I mean? we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I mean, you and I did on, on the podcast, like, you know, not knowing if guys, I mean, I think we even said, you know, Anthopolis is not coming to work for John Hart. That was the quote. I think for one, at least one of us, if not both of us, said that on this podcast, and that was true. Uh, but the end yep. result was that John Hart was gone, and not. Uh, and in Krasnick's report, no one name that wasn't mentioned, Doug Harris, and his name was everywhere for a while. It was so, kind of cool. I think Bowman said something about that too. Like in the last, maybe it was Dob in the last week or so, kind of mentioned like Doug Harris hadn't been heard from in a while. So I'm not sure if he just didn't have interest or if the Braves just kind of didn't like what they saw or something like that. But he was really out there early on and then kind of fizzled. Same thing, I mean, same thing with Jennings, to be honest. I mean, Jennings disappeared as well, like from the radar in terms of um, well, buzz. I think, and again, I think, I think it became clear that who the Braves were looking for was someone to run baseball operations, which again was, I think, the correct decision. I think that getting you know John Hart kind of getting all that baggage and kind of moving in a different direction and getting a guy who – has the ability to put a really good infrastructure in place, uh, and you know can really get get things done on multiple angles. I mean, when you when you have AA, you have a guy who doubled the size of the scouting staff in in, in Toronto while also you know bringing in advanced analytics. You know, it's I mean I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure that 
if Keith Law wasn't in the Toronto Blue Jays front office at this point in time, it was around the point in time when AA was there. And if you if you need any if you want anyone to be you know pushing for advanced analytics, you know, in and their use in baseball, you need to look no further than Keith Law. I think uh, he did work with him for a while. That's, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure where the the GM and Keith moving on to ESPN and bigger and better things, or well, I, I say bigger and better, but different you know, things. Di- different things, different things. Uh, but you know, it's there's there's a lot there's a lot to like for everybody. You know, I don't think that the Braves are going to suddenly turn into this. You know, advanced analytics. You 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 know, having you know advanced software and all this other all the other stuff to dictate all their decisions, kind of like you know the Astros and some other teams are doing. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to only be you know I like the cut of his jib and that guy has a lot of grit. You know, we should sign him type stuff either. So <laughs> yes. Well said. Uh, all right. Well, I think we've we've probably rambled enough uh, here at twelve oh five a.m. Eastern time. So, um, oh, it's been a long day. Any, any closing thoughts, my friend? Before we let, I'll let, before I let you out here, obviously, I would want people to check out the site both all, from all day today and what's going on tomorrow because I just I was flipping through Ivan's pieces. We were talking. I'm pretty excited about the, what, what that's going to be as well. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, other other than the Road to Atlanta podcast that uh, yes. Gaurav, that Gaurav shamelessly po- uh, already uh, talked about last night, where we're going to be introducing some new uh, format type stuff, where we're going to be talking to players, and we're lo- we're still lining up players as we speak and waiting to hear back from others. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So be making sure you look, listen out for that. Uh, we're still kind of trying to get the scheduling down as to when everyone's going to be available. Uh, oddly enough, there's two players in particular that are, they're wanted to do this week, so we're gonna, we might be recording a couple podcasts this week. Perfect. Uh, uh, depending on what happens. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I really, uh, you know, at twelve oh six a.m., I'm looking forward to doing another one of these tomorrow night or something. <laughs> um, but uh, so that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of great articles up on the site right now. Uh, I wrote one that I think is okay, uh, <laughs> where I talk about talk a bit about you know being happy that we the Braves uh, hired. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos, but that you know, Braves fans are going to need to be patient given the nature of the investigation. Matt Powers wrote a great article as well that details basically anything and everything you ever wanted to know about Alex Anthopoulos from his time in Toronto all the way through. Um, you know, you know, DB has, has has you know lots of lots of news articles. You know, DB and Sam Meredith were all really helpful today in making sure that we got everything covered. Uh, Ivan's going to have a great article coming out tomorrow about you know why he thinks that given the content given the candidates that we saw uh, available that the Braves made the correct decision, even though they kind of, it was somewhat made for them because their favorite candidate wasn't allowed to talk to them. Um, and, 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 and Peter Moylan is a, uh, is a thing. And Peter Moylan is a thing. I, I also wrote that up. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so I was, that, that, that I, I couldn't believe I actually had to write that up on today of all days. Mike, you know, you know, all this GM stuff. And meanwhile, the Braves are interested in Peter Moylan, uh, you know, who he's you know a very funny guy on Twitter and he throws sidearm. He's also uh, in not old and he's two Tommy John surgeries in. So uh, you know he had a good year last year. So he very well he could be a useful. He he very well could be a useful bullpen piece. Uh, but at the same time, I would temper your expectations. And to be honest, I don't really care about Peter Moylan today. So um, <laughs> uh, other than that, you know, just AFL is going to be wrapping up uh, really soon, uh, which makes me sad because it means I don't get to watch baseball or follow actual baseball games happening for a while. Um, and then after that, I mean, we got the GM meetings, which you probably won't hear anything about this week other than, you know, Alex Anthopoulos reintroducing himself as the general manager to two teams again. And then we're going to have the winter meetings, uh, towards the beginning of this, you know, beginning and middle of December, uh, where, you know, the magic really starts to happen. Uh, and then after the winter meetings, once we make sure that, you know, our new general manager hasn't traded away half our farm system. 
um, we will be writing a prospect list. It'll be a top 30 uh, yeah. with honorable mentions again. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to look, looking forward to that. It's, you know, again, bittersweet. It's going to be a very different list this year. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I'm pretty fortunate to have Graf Vidak, Garrett Spain, and Matt Powers, uh, who are <laughs> – I have – I am exceedingly lucky to have that many talented guys to work with who are as passionate about the farm system as I am. Uh, and, you know, we, we all have our different lists, but whenever we come up with, we come up with our list, we are always – we're always proud of it. And, you know, it's going to be a good one for sure. I'm excited uh, for the first time in a while about baseball, which is good. Um, obviously, there's not actual baseball for a while that counts. You know, AFL is interesting always, but um, yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's going to be good. I hope. I think people can probably sense our tone is a little bit a uh, little bit higher, even though we're tired on this fine evening. So that tells you all you need to know about how we feel about everything that happened today. Well, uh, thanks, Eric. I, uh, I greatly appreciate your willingness to not sleep and to stay up with me on this fine uh, Monday into Tuesday. Nah, sleep's for the week, man. It really was, is. <laughs> you know, it's, it's 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 definitely been one of those days. Uh, my day off, my days off from my day job are Sunday and Monday, and without fail, Mondays something I always happens. get na- Mondays something nails me. Uh, and I mean, but like at the same time, it's you know it's a rewarding thing to kind of really be able to strap in and just do a lot of baseball writing. Uh, I, I wasn't anticipating having to do it today, but you know I did, and it was a lot of fun. And you know I'm kind of glad that I don't have to do it tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was at work and you got you guys held it down in a big way, and then. Uh, yeah, without getting too deep into it, I had other things, which is why we're so late. So, again, thank you, my friend. I uh, greatly appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back with a regular podcast, uh, probably on Sunday, I would imagine, yeah. unless something crazy happens, which it could. Yep, yep. you get to record another one tomorrow. I bet you're very excited about that. Something. Alex Anthopoulos, I don't know, misses his plane and is demoted to scouting director or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, it'd be pretty epic if I had to do another emergency pop before Sunday. But yeah, if, 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 barring the investigation coming out national, between now and then, national, national cross checker Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah, that would be interesting. But yeah, that would be about the only thing that would get me to record a baseball podcast before Sunday night. So it's gonna be we'll be here, I promise. And uh, check out the rest of the pods and please listen to that, that podcast uh, from yesterday with Garab because he'll be mad if you don't. So. Thank you, everyone, for listening to that. At least download it for us so that crowd doesn't get upset. And hopefully this is all the way to the end of this podcast so that he hears us rambling on coherently. So. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and check us out on SoundCloud and, of course, TalkingChop.com. We'll see you guys in the week. <laughs>